And that's why we're behind pretty much every other state. At least if you go to Illinois. Except we have roundabouts more than any other state, though. We're that's crushing it we on got. the roundabouts. <laughs> and who cares? That, and that means you're just too cheap to build corners. Like, really? Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. At 6.11 this morning, the CDC recommending the new COVID booster for everyone six months and older. Recommendation quickly following FDA approval for the newest shots from Moderna and Pfizer-BioNTech. Your CDC director, Mandy Cohen. The COVID virus continues to change. That's why today the CDC is recommending an updated COVID vaccine for everyone over the age of six months. So this latest version, he expected to target the latest variants of COVID. So similar to the annual flu shot, they always kind of doctor it when they know there's a different strain. What's out there, what's dominant, right. Predicted. And oftentimes these are a little bit behind. At least they're a little bit behind with COVID. Yeah. Because what's out there now is Still learning this stuff. We'll have a new variant by the time many people are already getting this. Nonetheless, it is different than the vaccines you've gotten before. See, well, what about me? I've already had it or I'm quad vaxxed or both. (laughs) CDC Director Cohen on that again. We'd all wish for COVID to be in the rearview mirror, but unfortunately it's still here. And what we know is that our immunity decreases over time. So even if you've had COVID before or been vaccinated, that immunity and that protection does decrease over time. What do you think you're going to do? You're going to get it? You know, my de- well, I have an appointment coming up here in the next few months. I know that it'll be, it'll be suggested. I usually get the flu shot. So if this just becomes the next flu shot type of thing, then yeah, probably. Flu shot automatic for me. I just have my annual doctors, you know, go see the doc. I don't, do they even call that a physical anymore? And that's like, a weird term. They right? don't like using that term anymore. I think I tried to book a physical, and they're like, well, that's different than what you Whatever. The, the once a year, go <laughs> just, see the doctor. Just give me a look-see. Yeah, right. Exactly. The once over. Yeah, what did he tell and you? And so I asked, I'm like, what, you know, what about the COVID vaccine? And this was a couple of days ago before it had been FDA approved. He said, well, provided the FDA approves it, and the CDC recommends it. Um, he goes, for you, at your age, at your level of health, the fact that you've already had a bunch of boosters, uh, had the original vaccine, plus you had it, it was... It's 50-50 for me. Do what you want. Hmm. He goes, so he goes, I feel confident that if you got COVID, you would you would weather it fine. That said, he goes, I have no objection to the vaccine at all. I was like, so you have no problems with the vaccine? Like you're not concerned about heart stuff or some of these other things that See, anecdotally we're hearing that's about? That's like that weird thing that gives you pause is yeah. the idea of like having to prepare to maybe take the next day off of work. And <laughs> because, then there's that. Because you're not sure how you're going to feel. He did ask me, he's like, how did you take, you know, like when you got it? I'm like, well, put me down for a day. Did it? You know, I, I guess I was off or weird or, you know. I never had any issues with that. Although I never had COVID either so far. So I don't know what that means. Or as that far, I know of. As far as you know, right? <laughs> Latest COVID booster recommended by the CDC for everyone six months or older. Expected to be available at pharmacies and doctor's offices by the end of the week. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Freddie Peralta dealt Josh Donaldson. Homer Devin Williams recorded his 33rd save, and the Brewers are now a season-high 18 games over 500 after beating the Marlins by a final score of 3-1. First pitch to Donaldson. He is a high fly, deep left field. Back goes De La Cruz. Bye-bye baseball. Josh Donaldson, the bringer of rain. 
brings it here at American Family Field, and the Brewers have a 2-1 lead. Lane Grindle on the call there as Donaldson helped give the Brewers the lead in the fourth inning. It was tied 1-1. That solo home run put them up, and they would never look back. Freddie Peralta earning his 12th win of the year after tossing six and one-thirds innings and allowing just one earned run. Another great start. I thought, you know, in, in, a, in a strange way, maybe the home run was a good thing for Freddie because uh, it, it seemed to just really lock him in and thought he was just excellent tonight. I thought his both off-speed pitches were really, really good tonight. Freddie was excellent last night. And talk about something a little bit more impressive than Freddie last night. Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta the last three days, 23 innings pitched, 23 strikeouts, and only one earned run. That that will do in October if, if the, whoever the Brewers you, play. Man, can you think of a one, two, three no. punch that we've had no. that has been better than And your this? back end of the bullpen? There is none. Man, no, Matt Arnold. No excuse for, for not no. making a deep run here. Offense, get going. With the win and a Cubs loss to Colorado last night, it was a double win for the Brewers last night. They increased their lead in the NL Central to four games. Brewers-Marlins game three of four tonight. Coverage getting underway at 6 p.m. Of course, you can tune in right here on WTMJ. The Green Bay Packers will be back to work later today in their preparation for a Week 2 matchup down in Atlanta to face the Falcons. Aaron Jones, who left the game in the third quarter Sunday, with a hamstring injury, was labeled day-to-day following the game. Head coach Matt LaFleur says they're still evaluating number 33. We're still kind of going through that right now in terms of, the. I can tell you the encouraging thing was that he was able to jog off the field and um, we were in a situation where we didn't need to put him back in the game. And lastly, former Brewers president of baseball operations, David Stearns, has agreed to a five-year deal. He will be hired by his hometown New York Mets once the 2023 season ends. Stearns was hired by Milwaukee in 2015, and as you heard Eric earlier at the time, the youngest GM in MLB Didn't history. Didn't we see this coming for like several years? When yes. he first had his hint of success in Milwaukee, we saw it coming. Yeah. And he that's okay. He always it. He always yeah. like, no, no, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at. I think he did Milwaukee well. Matt Arnold is a heck agree. of a dude. 100% agree. And I'm happy with where we're at. 618 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Keep. 622 on Wisconsin's Morning News. This Wednesday morning, I've told you a lot, a lot of what I've learned over the years about trying to be a better person, maybe more patient. Certainly have work to do there, you would acknowledge. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. You're, Absolutely. You're patient with me. <laughs> Try to be more grateful, right? More joyful yeah. person, live in the present, all of that stuff. A lot of what I've learned about that, to be honest with you, I've learned from friends and loved ones with Down syndrome. And I mean that sincerely through my work with Special Olympics. Many of our athletes were born with Down syndrome in Special Olympics. One of my daughter's best friends in school, knowing her and her, and her family from elementary school on, she's been a light in our life. List goes on. It starts with my wife's late uncle, Roger. Uh, Raj died a few years ago, but I first met him when my wife and I were dating when we were in high school. And he was really like the first person I actually knew Okay. And had a relationship with who had an intellectual disability. And he was obviously very special to our whole family and to me. So because of Uncle Raj, that's how I got involved with Down Syndrome Association of Wisconsin. And I was the MC for their annual awareness walk for years. And that is coming up later this month. I spoke with Rachel Wright with DSAW about that event and everything that they do. Certainly one of our most important events of the year. It's our biggest event of the year by far and just helps to change lives of people with disabilities in Wisconsin. So a couple of phases in the work that you do that I want to focus on. Let's start first with 
expecting parents and when they are told that they're going to have a child with Down syndrome, one of the most important things I think you do for families is reach out immediately, begin answering questions, and be a positive voice for these families. Yeah, DSAW's Parents First Call program is one of our most important programs for many families, DSAW is the very first message of congratulations that they receive after getting a Down syndrome diagnosis, and we just wrap them with love and support. We provide resources, many books. We send packages to new and expectant parents who have received a diagnosis. And we also have a support parent program as well, so people who have walked in their shoes recently are trained to provide support to new families who have just received a diagnosis. Talking with Rachel Rate, she is Director of Marketing and Development at the Down Syndrome Association of Wisconsin. Later in life, you mentioned jobs programs or connecting people with Down syndrome to opportunities to be part of the workforce, to live more independently as well. Yes, we have programs for people with disabilities across the lifespan, and our employment services are one of our largest growing programs right now. We are just finding that there are so many staffing shortages across many accessible industries for people with disabilities, and we're working to connect people with meaningful careers and accessible jobs in manufacturing, hospitality, and that's going to be helping us to improve transition and employment outcomes for people with disabilities while also helping our local economies and helping fill a lot of these staffing shortages because People with disabilities are ready and willing to work. They're capable, they're able, and there are a lot of benefits to hiring people with disabilities for companies as well. So that's Down Syndrome Association of Wisconsin doing great work for families who get not only that first diagnosis of a Down Syndrome child who is on the way, but then staying with those families and with individuals with Down Syndrome through their lives. I told Jarek, you know, my when I was in Uncle Roger's life, you know, he was already an adult, was very active in Special Olympics, but, you know, he was born in an era back when it was not uncommon for families who had someone with Down syndrome to put that young person in an institution. Right. Thinking and that's was, the best thing Yes, for it was them. at the time, quote yeah. unquote, for their own good. This is best for them. Yeah. And, you know, my wife's family was like heroic and they just said, that's not the path for us. He's a part of our family. We're going to celebrate him. He's going to be with us. We're going to do Special Olympics. We're going to do all these things. And increasingly, we look at people with Down syndrome as people who can live at least semi-independent lives, can work, can do other things. And that's the path right now. And Down Syndrome Association of Wisconsin is really important in helping make that happen. The Awareness Walk is coming up at the Milwaukee County Zoo. It is on Sunday, September 24th. It includes parking admission to the zoo. You can just go for the walk or spend the whole day. We do have sign-up information on our website, WTMJ.com, if you would like to check that out. Highly encouraged. It's a great day. Brewers get a win and a little bit more room against the Cubs in the race for the division. Brandon Snide at Sports at 7, 645. The VMAs were given out last night. The VMAs given out every year for music. Nicki Minaj, your host. Should I be mean right now or should I be nice? Mean? Nice. Oh. It's Barbie. Bam! Okay. So Taylor Swift had eight nominations, but what everyone is talking about is who showed up on the stage. Hello, VMA! For the first time in 10 years, NSYNC, every member of the band... Um, 20 years ago, we were just kids when we won Best Pop Video for Bye Bye Bye. 
Yes, even Justin. It was our first VMA, and it meant the world to yeah, us. Yeah, it meant the world to them. That was uh, of them, all of them. Justin Timberlake was there as well. Justin Taylor Timberlake Swift. et al. By the way, Taylor <laughs> Swift. And I, I, I want to believe she is genuine at this. I want to believe it. I hope it's true. She like was losing her mind seeing them together because she grew up, you know, rooting for these guys and whatnot. That's super cool. I love that. And uh, she won. Uh, they All gave of a, the things. Yeah, they gave her an award, so she got to go up on stage and talk to him. I had your dolls. I like. <laughs> what? Like, are you doing something? What's going to happen now? So that's the big Good question. question. So Variety is reporting that it, it's likely they have already recorded something, and it's going to be part of the new Trolls Band Together movie. They're ending that trilogy, by the way, the Trolls okay. trilogy, which Justin Timberlake's been in those movies. So they think that maybe there's going to be a new new single that pops for the Trolls band together, a movie that comes out later this fall. But then they have to tour, right? That's where, you know, it used to That's be that the wasn't where the is. money was. Correct. Right? It was in the selling records, right? Mm-hmm. Selling albums. And since that's flipped, now you got a tour. Yeah, and they were all there, and okay. I guarantee you the other four are happy to be on any stage <laughs> right. they possibly can get on. Like so. I said, Timberlake et al. Coming up. Ellie, it's a roundabout. Nobody knows. Siding Unlimited, WTMJ News Time, 20 to 7. Give me one good reason, baby, come on. DJ Pancake Hill, producer of Wisconsin's Morning News. On the audio there, did you know the U.S. state with the most roundabouts on our roads is not California, it is not Texas, it is not New York. Eric, it is... Wisconsin. She was freaking out. She's like, Charlie, what do I do? I look up, I see it's a roundabout. I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know? She's ghost white at this point. I was like, Ellie, it's a roundabout. Nobody knows. Give me your phone. And I played Carrie Underwood, Jesus, take the wheel. I was like, let's <laughs> Wisconsin comic Charlie Barons on that. Claire Reed writing in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel dropping this fact. She writes, there are currently 554 roundabouts in Wisconsin, 287 on state highways, 267 on local roads, most in the nation. So what's that all about? Why, why are we leading in this? We don't seem to lead in anything. And why is it so? Why is the roundabout something that we debate? It drives my old man nuts. <laughs> People get so upset. I don't know him. what I'm supposed to do. Just go around the thing. Go. Actually, I mean, I... I I enjoy them. They, I, I keep driving when I'm in a roundabout. You enjoy them Better than until a four-way you have stop. someone Nobody knows what the... they're doing at a four-way stop. There is a lot of that, Deb. The, yeah, yeah the long going stairs. the wrong direction around the thing. Also, at the really? four-way stop, if you're there first, don't wave me through. Nope. It's your turn. No, Just go. But we can't still have this problem. <laughs> there, there can't be any more excuses of not knowing how to drive on a roundabout. You'd be surprised. Also true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you need another stat, there are statistically more accidents in roundabouts then there are otherwise controlled intersections. So how are they safer? It also has to do with the design of it, too. Because yeah. if, this, if the roundabout is too tight, like semis can't get around it. Yeah, there so is that. So the ones like in Europe are massive. And so that generally doesn't have that big of a deal. Trucks can handle it without a problem. But the ones that are tighter, because we are trying to put them into a, a space where there was originally an intersection... Now it makes it a little bit more difficult. They're safer also because you're at lower speed. So you can't get T-boned or it's harder to get T-boned in a roundabout. Whereas like somebody blows a stop sign. Boom. boom yep, right. Yep. So 
those accidents often have more injuries or deaths as opposed to more things like fender benders and such on roundabouts. So you have maybe more accidents, but they're less serious. So why do we have more? Just because insurance agencies or big pavement has been pushing? <laughs> big pavement. <laughs> what about, we, can, we can drop more cement. What about big stoplight? What about the stoplight <laughs> stop la- lobby? Go, the big stop and go lobby. Stop sign lobby. I'm surprised they're not throwing a fit in Madison. It's a roundabout. Nobody knows. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Brewers beat the Miami Marlins on Tuesday night by a final score of 3-1 to with the victory and a Cubs loss in Colorado. The Brewers increasing their lead in the NL Central to four games. Brewers-Marlins game three of four tonight. Coverage getting underway at 6 p.m. right here on WTMJ. The Green Bay Packers will hit the practice field later today as they get ready for Week 2 matchup with the Atlanta Falcons. Aaron Jones, Christian Watson... And Quay Walker are a few names to keep an eye on as far as injuries are concerned. That injury report should be available later this afternoon. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's Brendan Snide. The Green Bay Packers began their 2023 season exactly how you would have drawn it up all the way back in April. A new QB at the helm, young pass catchers littered all over the field in a defense that looked like a completely rejuvenated unit. After throttling the Bears on Sunday, the football world then fixated its eyes on number 8 in New York, the other side of the Packers drama this offseason. On April 26, when general manager Brian Gutekinds decided to part ways with the four-time MVP, of course it was met with much criticism and tons of chatter. How would this play out? How would number 10 in Titletown be ready to play? Will the Jets be a Super Bowl favorite? There were tons of talking points, but in the end, regardless of feelings, this was a move made for both sides and a move, to me, that was the right one. After hearing the news of Rodgers and the horrific Achilles tear in his left ankle that was confirmed on Tuesday, it's easy to get caught up in the who won the trade debate, but for me, this was somewhat of a lose-lose moment for both teams. Of course, the Jets losing out on having a future Hall of Famer under center, and the Packers lose out on the potential of holding two first-round draft picks in 2024. And the bigger picture for a guy who has given his whole life to the game of football and seemingly this whole city of Green Bay, it was, for me personally, hard to watch him get carted off in what really could be his final moments on the field as QB1. At the end of all of this, a massive trade can rarely result in not a single team walking away a winner, but that is precisely what happened. And the crazy part about all of this, it only took one week for that outcome to become a reality. The future of the Mitchell Park Domes in Milwaukee bleak this morning after county supervisors received a final report on options for the financially and structurally failing iconic attraction. These costs are just frightening. We don't have the money. We absolutely do not have the money. So my first question is, how, how are these guys surprised by anything they heard in this report? <laughs> the report was shocking because everything costs a lot of money. We've been talking about this for 20 years, sounding alarm bells about the cost. Did you think like doing nothing for those two decades was going to make this less expensive? Here are the options presented. Five to six million dollars to bulldoze the domes. Up to $30 million to do basic repairs, up to $90 million to fully restore all three domes, up to $70 million to fully restore just the tropical dome and build a new conservatory. We bring in our teammate from 1017 The Truth, Dr. Ken Harris. Dr. Ken, the idea of putting these options before the voters in some sort of binding referendum, just like, oh, I guess we wash our you, you all decide. That's been floated. Oh, where do I start? So, first of all, good morning. Nice to good see you. Good morning. I, I'm, I, I'm going to say something that's going to shock all of you, all two of you. <laughs> Rarely. 
You, really? <laughs> All right, come on. Yeah, but see, watch this. I've seen the TV face on radio, so yeah. <laughs> it pay the ninety million. Okay, that didn't see? surprise me. See, I thought Kim was a no vote see? all the way. Rebuild the whole thing because we've pissed money away, and I say that in the strongest sense. In your, in your, your, your that that your vision and your brain can think about that on stuff that we didn't need. This is a chance to build an iconic structure on the south side in a neighborhood that we keep complaining about crime. Now you can revitalize it. And we also have these things called municipal bonds that now we have city residents investing in their own city and the city paying them back. Get a 30-year bond, pay for the thing. You figure if Arrowhead can have a stadium that looks like it belongs in a college <laughs> yes. or, a, or, or a semi-pro team, I think the city of Milwaukee and the county, notice I said the city and you the did. county, get together and build a $90 million dome. I'm just saying. You think there's, um, will a venue like that, if that were to happen, which I think I, I, I would not be confident that could happen, but if it were to, will venues like that be able to survive in the future, given the number of large venues that, A, need to be sustained, but also just need visitors on a daily basis? But it's because of the type of venue that it is. We've got enough schools. We've got enough colleges. Uh, connect with one of the colleges, right? We talk mm-hmm. about horticulture. We talk about mm-hmm. those things. We don't have a lot of those going. We talk about all the the types of careers that we need for the future. And one of them is flowers, horticulture, plants. Well, you have it right here. Partner, Actually, you could partner with all of the schools in southeastern Wisconsin. But instead, we complain about the money. It has to be, for, for me, my vision for this space, if you're going to do what, you, what you're talking about, it has to be more than those three domes. Absolutely. It has to be a revenue generator. Stores, so Get me a restaurant in there. Right. Get me a gift shop that's more than 17 yep. square feet. Yep. Get me classes. Get me things. Get me yep. educational component. Bring all of these things that's in right. there and start finding a way and make it a better wedding venue. It is a wedding venue. They do yep. that. Yep. But, right. you know, the bathrooms there are like, you're in a county park, yep. you know, like spruce this thing up and yep. make it an attractive venue. Find a way to at least uh, have it be a revenue generator. And if you're going to park a hotel, wait a minute, there are no hotels on the near south side, are there? Oh, Anywhere except Iron Horse. Oh, wait a minute, they're in receivership. Okay, so you got it right there. But but what are we going to do? We're going to we're gonna think Milwaukee and they're going to mess it up. But it's not the skeptic in me, yes, would say that we'll be having the same conversation again in five years. Yes, new report. Just multiply all of these figures here by two, and that's the new report. (laughs) But 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 we don't we don't pull the trigger, right? We have we have task forces and referendums. Uh, The blue ribbon commissions, the blue ribbon commissions. That's just not a Milwaukee thing. That's a Madison thing too. It's Wisconsin. Yes, and that's why we're behind pretty much every other state. At least if you go to Illinois. Except we have roundabouts more than any other state, though. We're That's crushing thing it we on got. roundabouts. <laughs> and who cares? That, and that means you're just too cheap to build corners. Like, really? It, it's cheaper to build a round circle than it is to put four corners in. So what are we doing? Eric, Eric said it's big pavement. <laughs> yeah. The big pavement lobby. <laughs> it is. No, 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 no. Right. We laugh about it, but we've built streets in Milwaukee that are literally cracking two years after they built it. And then who was it? Somebody gave a 
example where then you go to the next section of the street where it's the old and decrepit and the stamp says 1958. Mm. It, 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 it makes no sense. But then we probably got millennials building that new concrete too so oops oh i'm sorry <laughs> dr millennials. ken Shut harris up, from 1017 <laughs> the truth with a jab out the door great to see you man all right <laughs>